Welcome to MarketScale's Digital Marketing Professor Series. I'm your host, Landon Jones, here to talk to us about how to create a marketing strategy that works in a digital world as opposed to simply creating a digital strategy is Dr. Benjamin Wright, a professor of marketing in the Kogod School of Business at American University. How are you doing today, Ben? I'm great, Landon. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on the show. My first question for you is just set up for our listeners a bit more about yourself. Tell us a bit about your expertise in marketing, some of your research or the work that you've done within the industry. Yeah, certainly. So um, my research, I guess I could start there, is investigating marketing principles in three formidable areas. So first I look at social media marketing initiatives. So what companies are doing on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter that's all pretty visible to us as consumers. Uh, Second, I look at branding. So I like to see what organizations are actually doing and cultivating their brand, whether or not that's coming across in a digital platform or some other avenue. And then I look at marketing-driven organizational outcomes, kind of encapsulating the first two tiers are we seeing things like increased purchase intention? Is there more brand loyalty? Is there that consumer equity and brand equity that every company seems to be trying to focus on today? Uh, So that's where my academic research really falls into place. Uh, In terms of how I got to here, so I was uh, previously working in some sports and entertainment marketing before going back to grad school. And when I got to grad school, I kind of fell in love with this idea of brand communication via social media and ways in which different companies and even segments or service industries, for example, can actually use things like Facebook in order to reach potential consumers and the ways in which maybe they take a message on or a post on Facebook that's focused on price versus something like the product or even the promotion or place or distribution. So I kind of got just um, fascinated with that because I've been a proponent of social media for a long time. You know, I was <laughs> not to date myself or undate myself, depending how you're looking at it, but I was an, an undergrad when Facebook came out. Um, I joined Twitter, you know, a couple months after we were all able to. So I've been kind of riding this train for quite some time. So my perspective has changed on the ways in which I personally use social media. But I think now we're just in this great space for companies using social media and incorporating that within their digital strategy, which we have to remember that digital is not just social media, but certainly that's something that's kind of becoming more prominent within these digital, um, I guess, campaigns, platforms, or even packages that companies are using today. Absolutely. I, I like that you made that emphasis that you were an undergrad when Facebook came out, because I think that really does set you apart from a lot of instructors who maybe are quite a bit older than you are. When you did work in the entertainment and sports marketing industry, were you using social media then? And does that inform the way that you teach your your experience with social? So I wasn't using it directly in terms of, say, running a Facebook account for an MBA team or something like that. Uh, I worked mostly in college athletics at the time. And then previously before going back to school when I was kind of working in college athletics, I worked for some sports agencies. So we were all about thinking about building that personal brand. And if you think back to you know, 2007, 2008, and 2009, that was a much different time than it is today, right? I mean, this was still a time when people were kind of getting familiar with some of these platforms. It was basically Facebook and Twitter. Even then, the news feed wasn't really working as it functions today. 
let's be honest, Twitter was basically about the same as it is today with maybe some different video capabilities. But this was before Instagram, this was before Snapchat, this was before any of the ephemeral content became to the forefront and kind of that instant gratification content that we see so common today. So it was really about how can we get basic information out to consumers, you know, whether it's, you know, an event being put on by an athlete or at the college level, maybe just the schedule of events or ways in which we can kind of garner fundraising and donations to the athletic department. So it was kind of a much different approach. So I wouldn't say it necessarily shaped how I look at things today, but it certainly gives me perspective on how we've seen this maturation process within specifically social media and, of course, just the digital strategy with things like team websites, um, cultivation of funds for um, donations to like a booster club and how that's much different from you know maybe 10 years ago than it is today but again that's something that I was kind of brought up in but have since kind of uh, sh shifted a little bit in my um, interests as well as my responsibilities today. I also liked that you emphasize that digital strategy is more than social media so I was wondering when it comes to teaching digital marketing what would you say is the golden rule or what is it that you want your students to take away? Oh, wow. That's, that's a great and difficult question at the same time there, Lynn. And so I think that to me, something that I continually try and talk to our students is that strategy has to be at the forefront of every decision that we're making, right? And so it's not necessarily building a digital strategy. It's looking at strategy in a digital world, Right. When you think about everything that we're experiencing with media, I read a study recently that says the average American is spending 24 hours per week online in the year 2000. That was around 10 hours per week. Right. If you look at some millennial usage, some studies suggest they're spending more than maybe 11, 12 hours per day in front of screens. The majority of that is being done online. Right. And so I think to me, it's really just thinking about what companies do in order to walk the line of the permission versus interruption marketing. So obviously marketing initially was developed in that interruption space where you had TV commercials or billboards or things that you didn't necessarily welcome in. Now when you think about permission marketing or permission-based marketing, you can think about people's, you know, simply like signing up for a newsletter or following an account, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they want to see everything, right? I think the most recent numbers are for organic reach for companies on Facebook, it's about six to eight percent. So out of a hundred people that you have following you, your just general posts of content or information or an infographic or anything visual, only maybe six to eight people are gonna actually see that. So that becomes very difficult. So continuing to think about the digital habits of consumers, I think really is represented by that um, by that phrase that you know we're just looking at strategy in a digital world. And I'd love to take credit for that. That's something I've heard from other colleagues as well as some of the industry work I do, but that always is something that I think really gravitates with the students and they, I think they are in a great position because they're using this technology so often, right? Like you might have some people who say, well, let's, you know, pull back how much we're using these screens and how often we are online. There's certainly some credence to some of that uh, research, but I think from a marketing standpoint, it's a really nice opportunity, right? And so you have to think about promoting the brand while also just giving people content that they want to see because content is the name of the game today. That's really been the shift in the past two or three years. I don't think it's going anywhere, mostly because there's just so much great content out there today. 
if you ask an undergraduate what their favorite platform is today, it's probably Instagram or Snapchat. That's because that's the most engaging and quickening content. Those are the types of things we want to have businesses keep in mind when they're trying to develop this marketing content or copy for consumers and not just for millennials and undergrads, but for basically anyone who's operating or using some sort of mobile technology or just an online capacity. I want to dig into that just a little bit more and hear you talk about what sets apart quality content. I think to me, content marketing, if we want to call it that, is something that's best used as a gateway to the strategy, right? So when you've probably heard that every time you put something online or every time a company sends out some sort of marketing um, campaign or content, they have to have a clear and meaningful strategy, right? And so this is based on the overall firm objectives the way the brand is positioned. And so that process for developing, executing, and then finally delivering digital content and these related assets need to create and even nurture a company's customer base. Basically what that means is if you have two similar companies, let's say, and one has a very clear company strategy and brand story, and then their content is geared based on that, but then also keeps in mind the audience and the personas of the segments that they're trying to reach, then all those communication channels aren't necessarily irrelevant, but it should be very easy, right? If a company has a very clear strategy, a very clear story, then really whether it's Facebook or Twitter, that measurement and feedback should kind of just be secondary, right? You should be able to know exactly what you're trying to get across. And that's something that's just learned over time. What we see is companies, especially some existing companies who maybe aren't you know, comfortable in the digital space, tend to think that, well, we should just offer something like coupons or we should just focus on the promotional piece where most people and most consumers today don't want to be inundated with price promotions and content focused on something like actually going out and making a purchase. Instead, they really want to think about what does the firm do for me? What stories are they telling? And as these channels become more and more complex and albeit flexible with say the ephemeral content or the live video, I think the audience is becoming less interested in the brand itself and more interested in the problem or the solution or just the story that's being told by companies. I think companies that can do that, right? It's like a couple off the top of my head. Obviously you have Red Bull and what they're doing with some of their kind of viral marketing and um, lifestyle marketing. You look at a company like Nike, I think basically what we're seeing is that this audience has become passionate, not just about the product, which is of course very important kind of at the base of marketing, but then looking at to see what content is useful and relevant as well as kind of compelling and timely that's actually entertaining while maybe informing or providing insight to the company in some, some regard. So it sounds like quality content is at the intersection of a lot of different things, creativity, research, data and analytics, all kinds of things. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's, that's something that can't be overlooked. And so me, I'm a strategy person. I like to research strategy. I like to uh, do some consulting on strategy. And so I'm sure some of my students are kind of tired of me talking about the overall marketing strategy. But for instance, we have an assignment in class where we look at a struggling brand in some sort of digital space, typically a platform like Facebook or Twitter that they deem needs help. And so they have to develop an entire campaign. And that includes something like some um, desk side research or onboarding research just on the background of the company. They reach out to the company and then they really try and figure out how they can help them. Right. And so there's not one foolproof way, as we know, to become successful on a platform like Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. 
but there's certainly some systematic steps that they can take. And throughout that entire process, whether looking at, you know, analytics behind a paid media campaign or organic posts on Facebook or something in between, they have to basically keep in mind that this is an integrated approach, right? And we can't be siloed by channel and by function. Instead, that has to speak to the overall company strategy because although most businesses appear to be on some of the larger use platforms, at least in the US today, not all of them really care that much about it. But the ones that understand the importance of digital marketing, companies that understand that, you know, analytics, um, maybe something like content marketing, these are all just tools, strategy and the business side of what they're trying to accomplish should really be at the forefront. And that's what we try and have our students do in this kind of capstone project where then they present. We sometimes invite the companies in and they can kind of get a take. And if not, we certainly send uh, the companies some of the, the really well done campaigns that our students have done really well in. And it's led to internships and other great opportunities for our students, which is you know very rewarding from our standpoint. We can't ignore the explosion of data. To me, it's only useful when it's optimizing digital marketing. Of course, that's keeping in this kind of um, tunnel of digital marketing. There's great data out there for other things, but keeping in the marketing in mind, it's companies haven't really reaped all the digital marketing benefits of things like advanced analytics or this big data phenomenon. Um, but if we're thinking about as the internet continues to grow, so do all the data trails that we leave as individuals and in this context, consumers that leave. Um, so we, in our class, look at something like Google Trends, right? So it's a very easy, free um, space to use via Google. And they have some nice workshops where we can go in and actually see what is being talked about the most at individual points and individual times and individual countries or even cities based on things like keywords, right? And so we have our students go through and think about some business they would want to open or some industry that they're interested in and try and think of the most important keywords, right? And so the beauty of it is, is they'll type in a keyword, they'll see based on index numbers, how often people are talking about these topics, and whether or not they're searching for them. And then we can also see, well, is that really the best keyword, right? And so we can go in again and say, well, Let's say we're looking at a fitness industry and we use the word muscle and then another um, term is gym. We can compare the two, right? And so these are just live data points that are very easily accessible. And it's kind of a fun activity for the students to realize that it's not always going to be clear as to what's going on, right? They're going to have to kind of piece the data together because data is incredibly valuable, but data doesn't do the marketing for you, right? And if everyone has access to the same data, which to some extent, most companies do today. It's all about what you do with the data, not necessarily just accessing the data, which, you know, the more data available, the better, but that also requires companies to effectively cut through the clutter of maybe the less important or somewhat irrelevant or even outdated data points to really examine some of the most impactful data that's out there, you know, whether it's keyword searches or whether it's something um, through like a paid search or even, um, you know, like the Google AdWords platform. So when it comes to sifting through this large amount of data, are there tools that can help you understand what is useful and what is not? Or is that is that something that technology can help you with? Or is that something that you just kind of have to figure out for yourself based on what you're trying to accomplish? I think that there's plenty of tools in terms of technology out there today, different platforms, there's certifications, there's a lot of training that can go on. 
But I think ultimately, from the student standpoint, they have to get into an internship, they have to get into an entry-level position where they're using the real data, right? And so our job as kind of educators to this next generation of digital marketers is really to train them on what they're looking for. And that's going to change based on what industry they're in, it's gonna change on what geographic location they're in, certainly. Um, but when you think about all these developing kind of tools and strategies, Basically what we're talking about is growing penetration levels of consumers, right? So we're just leaving more and more data out there. So understanding that, well, you know, because that this individual campaign worked really well for, let's say a company like Kohl's, that doesn't mean that then Dick's Sporting Goods can go ahead and use that exact campaign just because it had really high success rate in terms of maybe conversions for digital coupons being spread, right? So instead what we try and think about to our, have our students think about is that, the internet has made it kind of an inescapable tool for digital marketers, right? Based on interaction, right? Based on the increasing importance to companies. And it's really become kind of an unmatched goldmine in terms of um, customer intelligence as well as information. So we have to kind of harness that in the way in which we're reaching these consumers and the way in which we're reaching these data points. So I guess that's kind of a long-winded answer basically saying that there's plenty of tools out there. Right. And it's really up to the individual campaign as well as the individual company to see which tool is going to be best. From our standpoint, we're trying to provide them with as much information as we possibly can. And by them, I'm talking about the students in terms of understanding and digesting that data because it can certainly be overwhelming. Right? We leave so much information on there today, um, the Internet, that it's, it can certainly be overwhelming. But that doesn't mean that it has to be kind of an impossible hill to climb. In your opinion, do you think any one particular marketing tool is the best? Well, I think that today there's a ton of great tools out there. I mean, you have some of the big ones, and I don't want to maybe even say some of them because I'm sure I'll leave some out. But, um, you know, you can look like a Hootsuite or a Sprout Social or even just like a Facebook Insights or Google Analytics. All those things are great. We recommend our students look at all of those. Um, but I think what we're really looking at are those KPIs, right? These key performance indicators, which are basically just the metrics used to measure success of some campaign. Sometimes they're called conversions. We typically try and avoid conversions as kind of the uh, nomenclature, just because I think that can be a little misleading. Because to some people, simply getting a like on their Facebook page, that's what the company is trying to accomplish. To others, though, they're probably looking at engagement, looking at things like shares, looking at things like time spent on a platform and so on. So I think really just identifying the metrics, that's what's most important, right? Because not everybody's going to have, I don't know, 10 million likes on Facebook like Nike does. Some companies are small, right? And they want to stay small and they don't have any aspirations to grow into some large, you know, grossing 100 million a year. That's not what they're trying to accomplish but they may have different metrics used to maybe see whether or not people are actually using coupons that they put up on their organic posts and bring them into the stores via their smartphones or tablets, something like that. So to me, the KPIs are most important. In terms of tools, I think that there's tons of free as well as for paid tools that can do the job. And I think that kind of speaks to the fact that you still have to know what you're trying to do. It's easy to get bogged down by some of the minutia of what these tools can accomplish. But if you're not really, if you don't know what you're looking for, you're probably not going to find it. And so that's something that we try and kind of keep at the forefront of both what we're teaching our students as well as, you know, when I talk with companies and kind of give them some, some advice as well. 
where does creativity fall in your classroom? Can you teach people creativity or is that something that your students kind of already have on their own and then put to use? That's a great question. I think that's kind of the um, key point that we're in right now because I think that, for instance, students who are in undergrad right now are in a real advantage because this is kind of the first time that we've seen people maybe come through their four years of schooling where they've been able to access things like data-driven marketing courses or social media marketing courses, whether it's in the business school or outside. But yeah, I'm not sure if we can actually teach students to be creative, but what we can do is give them opportunities to kind of get those creative juices flowing. So something that we do in our classes and my class specifically is in this kind of big project. Basically the report is typically a PowerPoint slide deck, but it's completely up to them how they present it, right? And so essentially what they have to do is come up with a digital marketing campaign plan, as I previously mentioned, for some company that they think is struggling on some digital aspect, typically social media. And so what they do then is they try and contact the company, they try and reach out to uh, at least someone above an entry-level position, and sometimes they'll get presidents and CEOs, but often they'll get maybe social media managers or brand managers operating in the digital space, and they can really pick their brain, right? And so whether it's looking at something like a user experience or listen evaluation of the digital marketing channels and assets, ultimately what these campaigns that they come up with and these strategies that they come up with is creativity, right? Because we've told them and we continue to teach them that there's not one blueprint for running a successful digital marketing campaign, campaign, whether it's for Facebook or Twitter, or it's more holistic and incorporating other assets like SEO and paid search advertising and so on. So I think that what our role is, is really giving them opportunities to have flexibility in the projects and selection of companies and selection of industries. But certainly I think that's gonna be the next step is, okay, if all things are considered equal and all data is out there, what's the key and what's the kind of driver of success for companies, it's going to be successful and creative content. That's what's going to be the driver because everyone can run some sort of Google Analytics campaign or everyone can use a certain tool. But I think creativity, as you mentioned, is something that I don't know if we can teach it, but we can certainly give them opportunities to increase their creativity and at least think about things in maybe a different light than a traditional you know, college course specifically undergrad where it's more of a regurgitation of information that's absolutely what we try to avoid in these courses ben thank you so much for coming on the show today yeah appreciate it landon and thank you for listening to today's podcast if you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes you can go to marketscale.com backslash industries and subscribe to previous podcasts articles and video content from your favorite industries i'm your host landon jones Until next time.